Welcome to TMI, a podcast by Henry Ford Allegiance Health. Here we are today in the studio. Jen, welcome. We've got a topic that I'm a little bit uncomfortable about today, but it is cool. It's an important topic. It is. You've got beautiful wife and mother, family members. Yes. So it's it's something that I think we all need to kind of talk about and just bring a little bit more awareness to. Yeah. And, you know, if we're, we'll get into it more about breast cancer awareness and just knowing all the facts that are out there. Um, I know some people who are going through it right now. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a big topic. And uh, we brought in one of the best today. We did. We've got Dr. Joanne Hurth joining us. Oh, so well, thank you. Thank you for the kind introduction. Yeah, welcome. I'm very glad to be here. Yeah, good. Yeah, thank you for coming in and uh, making some room in your schedule and just really helping inform some of the people out there about what they can expect. And Because this is kind of a, an intimidating topic. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's, I think, scary when you put yeah. cancer behind anything. However, mm-hmm. um, one of the great things is that there is prevention and we do have screening tests that can help people and detect things when things are very early and treatable. So very important and want to make sure that people are getting you know the right care at the right time. Mm-hmm. So timely topic. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess I'll start us off here. So um what is the age that breast cancer is most commonly found? I mean, you always, always get things in the mail saying like you're almost forty, like you need to be thinking about this. So what's what's the time frame and and kind of what should we be aware of? Well, that's a good place to start. And and yeah, I think where the forty comes in is that uh, breast cancer is very rare mm-hmm. in in ladies under forty. Um, so most of the guidelines that were originally talked about, it was all starting at age 40. We'll just say one thing there, though. There are some women who who do consider getting screening tests younger than 40, and that is if they've had um, a mother um, who's had breast cancer um, herself um, in her early 40s. Um, so, so sometimes there are reasons why a patient might want to start under 40. But that's a pretty rare thing. Okay. So most of the time, breast cancer increases as we age and is rare under 40. So the majority of patients actually have breast cancer when they're you know, postmenopausal okay. um, later in life. But there, there certainly can be patients who are in their 40s and 50s who do get breast cancer. Um, sometimes the younger women also can have a little more aggressive form of breast cancer. And certainly the earlier we detect it, the better their treatments, easier their treatments are going to be. So we certainly do encourage starting screening somewhere in those early years, um, over 40. Uh, but the majority of women, their highest risk actually uh, continues in the postmenopausal years. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's so important to get checked for this kind of stuff. What kind of cancers can be found with a mammogram or other types of tests? Well, a, a lot can be, can be found, and there's two uh, common abnormalities that uh, lead on to a diagnosis of breast cancer. Just to comment, the, the, the screening mammograms have gotten better over time. And so now what is used is, is called a um, you know, breast uh, tomosynthesis or 3D breast imaging. And so at Henry Ford Allegiance, we have the, the modern day equipment and, and 
pretty much everybody gets the the modern day screening mammogram. And the radiologists are able to identify um, changes in the breast and better identify whether it's a um, suspicious looking lesion or not in a, in a better way than, than they could before tomosynthesis. Uh, so that's been a, a wonderful advent. Um, but uh, Sometimes there are lesions that are caught, um, oftentimes because of calcifications or little um, dots that are seen on the mammogram. And there can be patients who have uh, ductal carcinoma in situ, which although is classified as a malignancy and needs to be taken care of, it is not the same thing as an invasive breast cancer, and the patient's prognosis is much better. Okay. We want to detect that and take care of it because if it's taken care of at that very early stage, then the patient doesn't have an ongoing risk of developing the invasive or bad breast cancer. Okay. And if the ductal carcinoma in situ is not known or treated, it can develop into an invasive breast cancer. So we'd like to catch those things early and, and treat them when they're, where they're easy and have good prognosis. Um, and then you can also, of course, find invasive breast cancers. Okay. Um, another thing to bring up is that not all cancers are seen on mammogram, mm, right. regardless of what type of mammogram is, is being done. So um, you, need, you do need both um, physical exam as well as mammogram. So there are some cancers that do not show up on the mammogram. Okay. And it doesn't mean that the mammogram was a wrong test to order. It's just that the patient, you know, needs both the yep. mammogram and the exam. Mm. So I think I probably know the answer to this question then. So if you already get an annual mammogram, what is the importance of doing something at home? Like, should we still be doing our own self-breast exams and making sure that we're not noticing anything different there as well? I think part of that is a, is a personal um, decision. Um, mm -hmm. it, it is a little difficult for some women to do their own breast exams. Um, some of us are what we call lumpy-bumpy. <laughs> right. um, it's not entirely clear what, you, what you're feeling. Um, and some people's comfort level is, is not so good. Um, when they have done studies that have looked at uh, how good is, is a self-breast exam, they, they haven't really correlated all that well. Okay. So I, I would think that it's probably um, fine to do if you are comfortable doing it. And mm -hmm. certainly there are, are many times when a, when a woman finds the abnormality on her own. Um, but I, I think most women, it's probably just as important to have a doctor doing an exam. And gotcha. that's probably the better way to go. Okay, very cool. Um, so we've been hearing a lot of these women that are getting like preventative mastectomies because they're finding out that they are at risk for developing cancer. And it's um, the BRCA gene. Can you right. kind of explain a little bit about what's going on with all of that? Yes, uh, that is uh, fortunately a small amount of people okay. who have what's mm. called the BRCA, okay. um, uh, BRCA1 or BRCA2 genetic abnormality. And in general, as we learn more and more about the human body, it's the genetics behind a lot of illnesses that really matter and um, make one person's course different than another. Okay. So in breast cancer, although it's a small number of people who have this BRCA 
genetic abnormality, um, certainly those patients have a higher likelihood of both getting cancer and getting cancer again, and they've got a potential of passing that on to their children Mm. when their children are born. It's not something um, they actually acquire later in life. It's something they can be uh, predisposed to in their life. And there are certain populations that it's been found to be um, more increased in risk. Um, The main one that's talked about is a certain Jewish population called Mm. the Ashkenazi Jewish population. And they have a high likelihood of having a BRCA abnormality. So sometimes, um, you know, screening tests are even done differently. If we have a patient who's known to have a BRCA abnormality, for instance, um, screening MRIs are oftentimes added to a screening mammogram. Gotcha. Their cancers may show up better on that. Uh, and uh, BRCA abnormalities um, aren't just female-related abnormalities. Um, they can be passed on to men, yes, oh, wow. believe it or not. Wow. Uh, so if there is someone in a family who's known to have, for instance, a mother with mm-hmm. a BRCA abnormality, that man should probably be getting some breast exams, that physical gotcha. exam as well, because you you can get breast mm-hmm. cancer also as a male. Wow. So again, that's very, very rare, mm-hmm. but certainly in a family who's got a known BRCA genetic abnormality, they do need an enhanced screening. So if you your family has a history of cancer, and would they be tested for that abnormality? In the normal cancer That's process. another really, really good question. Um, so there are certain things that we, we look for, and there, and there are more than one genetic abnormality, mm-hmm. but the, the BRCA abnormality is, is one of the, the biggest one in, in breast cancer. Perhaps that has the most importance. And if you have that genetic abnormality, um, the rates of getting a breast cancer and or ovarian cancer and sometimes other cancers as you age um, go, goes up to a very high number. And again, there's wide ranges, but certainly over a 50% chance by the time you get to age 70 or so that you, you could get one of these cancers. So those are the patients that enhanced screening is done. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those patients will elect to have prophylactic surgeries uh, to prevent a cancer mm-hmm. with you know good information um, coming with their doctors and uh, timing of that and, and what's, what's right for one person may not be right for another, but at least there should be a discussion about that. Um, but the, the, there, there are other abnormalities as well. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the time your doctor is going to look at your family history and the age at which a family member may have had cancer. And there are signals that um, make us worried that your family may carry one of these genetic abnormalities. For instance, uh, patients who get breast cancer prior to the age of 50 mm-hmm. have a much higher possibility of having a genetic abnormality. It doesn't mean they do, yep. but their their risk is higher. So we will actively screen for the genetic abnormalities in those patients. Mm. Or if a patient has a direct family member who's had ovarian cancer or a family member who's had breast cancer at, a, at an earlier age, then we will screen them for the abnormality. Gotcha. Well. And the abnormality is easy to... The test is easy. It's a blood test. So oh, okay. Just a simple blood draw. And would yeah. you just ask your primary care doctor, like if you have a concern and are interested in kind of going that route? Um, Certainly. You can always start with your family um, medical doctor, and sometimes they may refer you on to, to someone else to do the testing okay. or even to consider um, seeing a genetic person. But, gotcha. Um, and sometimes they call us, and we're happy to help out as well. 
Great. It's amazing how much new stuff has come about recently with genetic testing and all that kind of technology behind this stuff. But what are some of the latest advances that have been made in detecting breast cancer or treatment survival? What was kind of what's going on? Well, it depends a little bit what what stage you're starting at, mm-hmm. but um, what I think is the biggest uh, piece of information is we do better when we catch things early, and the patient's going to have a better outcome, so that's why screening is important. Uh, most of the time, though, patients will need more than one type of uh, doctor to help with their cancer, so it's a multidisciplinary uh, approach to breast cancer. Um, you need good surgery, you need good radiology, you need usually um, a medical oncology uh, referral to talk about treatment. It may not be chemo. There are Mm -hmm. medications by pill that are sometimes um, very important for patients to take and help prevent another cancer. And radiation oncology is oftentimes a help to the patient as well. So it's really trying to coordinate that. And I will just kind of say that we try to do that for the patient in the most expedient manner. So every patient at Henry Ford who gets a new diagnosis of breast cancer is presented in a multidisciplinary tumor board so that we we all are coordinating their care from the start. Um, But oftentimes you do need to see, you know, different people in different areas. types of, of avenues, surgery, radiation, medical oncology. Gotcha. Hmm. And then, um, and I know like we've got some amazing plastic surgeons here. And so like after everything has been taken care of, I mean, just the options with reconstruction are just amazing. So it's, it doesn't have to. No. And sometimes it's even that a patient would have the plastic surgeon um, help them decide things okay. up front. Um, and, and again, it's, it's all dependent upon, you know, the patient's desires and the patient's health and, and what's going on. But um, plastic surgery is a wonderful advance that we have here, um, makes patients just, you know, feel whole and right. feel good about themselves and sometimes can be done uh, initially when you're having your, your first surgery for um, a breast cancer, mm-hmm. but can also be done later certain yep. things. So there's multiple different options and options are always good because one patient isn't going to be the same as the next. Right. So, but okay. certainly a wonderful um, advancement for patients that they can have something to help them um, have a better cosmetic outcome. Yep. Great. Mm. And I know that, um, you know, I think there's so many different like support groups and just type of, um, just, I guess, support that goes around breast cancer. And is that something that we also offer here? Like if you have that diagnosis, I mean, I just, I think that's probably got to be one of the scariest things to get that type of a diagnosis. So just knowing that there's education and support and other people that Um, are going through the same thing. Definitely, definitely. We have a um, special nurse navigator just for breast cancer patients. Um, her name is Sharon Petrie, and she will help coordinate the care from day one of abnormal finding and biopsy um, on along through the whole journey of, of wow. cancer treatment. So uh, patients really do um, feel more confident and, and have someone they can call 
to just make sure they're in the right place or what's the next thing that may come along. So there is somebody helping get them through the system. Um, there are also wonderful supports we have in the community. There is a breast cancer um, support group led mm-hmm. by breast cancer patients and survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so patients can join that on if they would like. Great. We also have um, a social service group that sometimes for patients who are experiencing um, a variety of just life being upset and how can I solve these problems and, and calm things down in my life. Um, so there's a support group there that mixes in patients with different types of cancer. It's not all breast cancer gotcha. patients, but that can be helpful. There are also some um, studies that have shown that the more active you you stay, mm-hmm. um, you can get through treatments better and oh, recover wow. faster afterwards. And so the YMCA here also has um, a, a program to offer some exercise classes and things for, for patients oh, great. with, um, you know, some financial um, help there. So great. Um, trying to take care of the whole person is, is definitely um, a goal for everyone. So there, there are some supports. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. So is there, do you have any questions, Dave? I, I don't you... have any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, like, what would you say to the woman who's out there listening, who's maybe, you know, she's had someone in her family that has been diagnosed with, with breast cancer. I mean, as, as a physician, what's your best piece of advice that you would give to us? I, I think in general is if, if you are, um, unsure or a a bit afraid of of what are you doing everything the best you Mm -hmm. can number one just just bring it up to your doctor and I think they can help you a lot Um, I would also say there is a little controversy as to screening mammograms Mm -hmm. and when should people do them Mm -hmm. and when when how often Um, And again, it's not, everybody isn't the same. It's not just a cookie cutter. So some of the guidelines have changed over time. And it's not that everybody at age 40 necessarily on every guideline is is recommended to get an annual mammogram. And like I said, there can be certain people, like if your mother had cancer at 42, you would actually want to start before Mm -hmm. 40. Um, what I think we get better at is identifying those people who might have a little higher risk and worrying more that they should definitely be getting their screening mammograms um, in their 40s and doing it annually. Um, so there are patients who, who we already know are at higher risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly if you have um, a strong family history of breast cancer, you have someone who's had identified a genetic abnormality, mm-hmm. you are the person who really should start getting mammograms at 40 and, and continuing them um, more frequently. If if you're of, quote, average risk or there's no significant signal that you have a strong family history, you haven't had funny atypical biopsies or other mm-hmm. um, things that are hard to image, sometimes patients will talk with their doctors and elect not to do annual mammograms um, starting at 40. And um, I, I can't say that that is wrong. And again, mm-hmm. I think every patient has to, you know, make their, their own decision with, with their doctor. However, it's never wrong to start doing your annual mammograms sure. in your 40s. Um, and certainly we, we support the patients who want to do that, that, sure. um, that makes some sense to do. Yeah, it just sounds like just having the conversation is mm-hmm. the first step. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. 
Well, this has been super helpful and I know it kind of puts me at ease. Like it's information that I've read about and I've never really been able to ask some of these questions. So it's, it's super helpful for me and just thank you for your expertise and your knowledge. Certainly. It's a pleasure to be involved and we are certainly wanting to make sure that that people stay healthy. So yes. it's wonderful to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.